The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. Wonderful. So our text is Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. And our focus verse is going to be verse 11. And verse 11 says this, The race is not to the swift. Everybody say that together. One, two, three. The race or the battle to the strong, nor does food come to the wise or wealth to the brilliant or favor to the learned, but time and chance happen to them all. Father, we pray as we open your word this morning, Lord, that you would speak to us. We thank you for your word. And uh, we build our lives upon your word, upon the truths, the revelation of your word. And I just pray this morning, the word that you've given me, help me to deliver that with confidence. Let your anointing be here, the empowerment of your spirit in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I want to give verse 11, which says, The race is not to the swift, or the battle to the strong, nor does food come to the wise, or wealth to the brilliant, or favor to the learned, but time and chance happen to them all. I want to give that some context by just, uh, and I hope you allow me this, just to read through uh, from uh, verse 1 through to 18, just to help us understand a little bit here what Solomon's on about in this wisdom literature. So it says, and we'll, uh, I haven't got it here, so I'm really relying on you guys up there. So it says from verse 1, So I reflected on all of this, Solomon writing, and concluded that the righteous and the wise and what they do are in God's hands. But no one knows whether love or hate awaits them. All share a common destiny. The righteous and the wicked, the good and the bad, the clean and the unclean, those who offer sacrifices and those who do not. As it is with the good, so with the sinful. As it is with those who take oaths, so with those who are afraid to take them. This is the evil in everything that happens under the sun. The same destiny overtakes all. The hearts of people, moreover, are full of evil, and there is madness in their hearts while they live, and afterward they join the dead. Anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a live dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no further reward, and even their name is forgotten. Their love, their hate, and their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will they have a part in anything that happens under the sun. Go, eat your food with gladness, and drink your wine with a joyful heart, for God has already approved what you do. Always be clothed in white and always anoint your head with oil. Enjoy life with your wife, whom you love, all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun. All your meaningless days, for this is your lot in life and in your toilsome labor under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, Do it with all your might. For in the realm of the dead, where you are going, there is neither working nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom. 
I have seen something else under the sun. The race, let's say it together. The race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong, nor does food come to the wise or wealth to the brilliant. Moreover, no one knows when their hour will come. As fish are caught in a cruel net or birds are taken in a snare, so people are trapped by evil times that fall unexpectedly upon them. I also saw under the sun this example of wisdom that greatly impressed me. There once was a small city with only a few people in it. And a powerful king came against it, surrounded it, and built huge siege works against it. Now there lived in that city a man poor but wise, and he saved the city by his wisdom. But nobody remembered that poor man. So I said, wisdom is better than strength. But the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are no longer heeded. The quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. May God bless his word to us this morning. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. It's a wonderful passage of scripture and allow me just uh, for a couple of minutes to take you through some of the themes that are in this text. I want you to notice in verses 1 through to 6, we have two themes. You may have already picked them up, the themes of destiny and death. Destiny and death. The truth is, church, we are people of destiny. The righteous, the wicked, the good and the bad, the clean and the unclean, those who offer sacrifices and those who don't, we all have this one common thing. It's our common denominator in that we all have a destiny. We are not aimless nomads roaming around the planet without purpose. We are people of destiny. But I want you to notice two things about destiny. Firstly, and this is very encouraging, in that our destiny is in God's hands. There's not a better set of hands than we could have than to have our destiny in his hands. There's an old song, isn't it? He holds the whole world in his hands, his hands. Our destiny, which we all have, is in good hands. It's in God's hands. Your future, your destiny, though it may be unknown to you at this point of time, take great courage. It's in God's hands. And just as important, our destiny, in actual fact, is God himself. Our destiny is in his hands, but ultimately, friends, our destiny is him himself. We are heading toward a reunion with God himself. That is your destiny. The good, the bad, the ugly, the good-looking, whatever, however you want to contrast it, Everyone is included. Our destiny is God himself. This theme of destiny, 
We used to sing a song when I was at Bible college. It used to be led by this Welch lecturer, such a deep voice he had. And he introduced us to this song, Destiny. You know, and it was such a grand old hymn. None of us had ever heard it before, but we left college with an indelible print on our hearts and in our minds that we are people of destiny. But he introduces this other theme to contrast it in the theme of death death, destiny and death. You know, death is the great equalizer. In fact, it's true that death is part of our destiny. We are destined to die. Death has no favorites. It overlooks no one. Regardless of strength, regardless of wealth, we are all going to experience death. Death, however, must be put into its context. For death is not our friend, it is our enemy. Death is an intrusion into our lives. It is the wages of our rebellion and sin against the holy God. Nevertheless, death awaits us all. So verses 1 through to 6, we have destiny and death. Solomon writes now and continues in verses 7 through to 10 and introduces us to another two themes. The theme, firstly, of determination and, wait for it, death. (laughs) We have destiny and death. We have determination and death. Although we experience the futility of life, according to Solomon, Solomon urges us here in these verses with five imperatives to consider in the race of life. He lists them for us. Go, eat, drink, enjoy, and do. These five imperatives, I love them. The first one is go, go. It's the same imperative command that Jesus Christ gave us. Go into all the world. Solomon says, go. I like it. On your marks, get set, go. On your marks, get set, go. You man of destiny, you woman of destiny, he says to you, stand up, get ready and go. Don't wait, but go. Don't allow death, imminent death, to deter you from going. You ever heard people say that? Oh, what's the use? Why should I bother? Well, look at the state of the world. Look at the affairs of the world. Why should I bother going? I'll just stay. Uh, let, Let me be content with what I have. I'll just stay where I am. Why should I pursue more? Why should I pursue more in God? Why should I be filled with destiny? I'll just be happy with what I've got. Now Solomon says to us, go, go. Go and do what? Well, go and eat. Go and eat your food with gladness. He says, go and drink. Drink your wine with a joyful heart. He says, go and enjoy. Enjoy what? Enjoy your life with your wife. And all those that are married said, amen. Enjoy. I saw that wonderful post that you put up, actually, Adrian. And uh, there's that, you're on a horse riding on the beach. And that was pretty cool. I thought, well, they're, they're enjoying life. The goal of marriage isn't just to get married. It's to enjoy 
That's why it's so important to make sure you marry the right person. There mustn't be any enjoyment in being engaged and married to the wrong person. Discovering it years later and living in regret. So if you're single, enjoy your singleness until you are the right person and you meet the right person. He then says, do. Do what? Do whatever. Do whatever your hand finds to do. And when you find that thing, do it with all your might. He says, go, eat, drink, enjoy, and do. This theme of determination, determine to live life to the full. Maximize your opportunities. Create memories. Dream and do. Be a goer and a doer. But then he falls back into the theme of death. And he says, death awaits us all. But he says, do with the knowledge that where you are going, the grave, there'll be no working, no planning, no knowledge or wisdom. So go now because you go, can't go later. Drink now, eat now, enjoy now, do now because where you're going, you can't do that. We get to verse 11 and 12, our focus for this morning. And again, in the context of destiny and determination and death, he says, I've seen something else. I've seen something else. I've seen destiny. I've seen death. I've seen determination. I've seen death. Now he introduces two new themes. Can you work out what they are? Have a look at your text. While I read it, See if you pick it up. He says, to those that are swift. Sorry, he says, the race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong, nor does food come to the wise or wealth to the brilliant or favor to the learned, but time and chance happen to them all. What are the two new themes he adds? Time and chance. This is what you're going to love. Time and chance. You see, to those that are swift, how many swift people here? How many think you're feeling? Helen, put her hand up. To those that are swift, to those that are strong, to those that are wise and wealthy and brilliant and learned, he says to those, that is a bonus. That is an advantage that you have. For those of you this morning that are swift and brilliant and wise and strong and learned, that is just a bonus for you. That is an advantage for you. Not everybody has that. Not everybody is swift. Not everybody is strong. Not everybody is wealthy. Not everybody lives on the North Shore. There are other parts of Sydney, friends, that you may not have been to. Wonderful parts like Campbelltown. You see, being swift and strong and wise and wealthy and educated is not a guarantee of success, nor a guarantee that you will even finish the race, let alone win the race. So he says to us as runners in the race of life, do not underestimate, do not discount, do not forget, and this is where he introduces these two themes, time and chance. 
You see, because the one thing that belongs to us all is time and chance. Not a trick question. Time and chance. You might not be swift, but you've got time and chance. You might not be strong, but you've got time and chance. You might not be wealthy, but you've got time and chance. I've come to tell you today that the two things that you do have, two qualities that are, I think far exceed being swift or strong or wise or brilliant or learned is time and chance. Friend, they're on your side. That unites us all together in the race of life. We all have. What does it say? It belongs to us all. Time and chance. This now becomes the focus of our message. Time and chance. Let's watch this video. I think if we've got that video of Derek Redmond, another Olympic moment, I hear. We'll watch that. We got it, guys? If not, it doesn't matter. At number 28, an Olympic image that if you watched it at the time, Barcelona 1992, will live with you forever. Derek Redmond, the best form he's shown since he broke the British record. Whatever happens, he had to finish, and I was there to help him finish. I intended to go over the line with him. We started uh, his career together, and I think we should finish it together. Hmm. What a great dad, eh? I'd like to think I'd be that kind of dad that would run on... The thing is, uh, the truth is, the race is not to the swift. Derek was a gold medal hopeful. One of Britain's great athletes. 
held gold medals in the 400 metres and, and this was, you know, England's great hope for a gold medal. Um, there's a lot of themes you could take out of it, I'm sure, but the race is not to the swift. So who is the race to? Well, it is to the swift and it is to the learned and the wise and the brilliant and the wealthy. But more importantly, the race is about time and chance. Time and chance. Time here refers to the seasons of life. Ironically, it's Solomon in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 that says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. You can read that passage. He goes on to list, I think there's 22, a time to live, a time to die, a time for this, a time for that. And he makes all those contrasts. Everything in life is seasonal. Where you are right now is seasonal. It's your time to be here. Tomorrow may usher in a new time, a new season. Think about time for a minute. Think about what we say about time, what we believe about time. When we read our kids those stories when they're they're younger, we say to them, once upon a time. We say time flies. We say time flies when you're having fun. We say time will tell. We say take your time. Stop wasting time. Give it time. We say time is money. We say I had the time of my life. We say time heals. We say, take your time. We say, time is on your side. We say, it's all about timing. You see, time belongs to us all. Time is the measurer of all things, but is itself immeasurable. It is the grand discloser of all things, but is itself undisclosed. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. God was waiting for the right time. Psalm 31 verse 15 says, I trust in you, Lord. My times are in your hands. I've discovered that faith in God includes faith in his timing. To say I have faith in God is a wonderful declaration. I've got faith in God. Yeah? Have you got faith in his timing? Or is your faith going to be presumptuous that you have to make something happen? My faith's in God, but I'm just going to help him along. I'm just going to move things along a little bit by positioning myself. I'm just going to move things along with with a text. I'm just going to move things. I'm just going to speed it up a little bit. No, 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 no. Faith in God is faith in his timing. Oh, but Jeremy, he always comes through in the 11th hour. Okay, well, we know that then. So rest in that. And don't try to make it happen in the 10th hour. It's going to happen in the right time. Time belongs to us all. It unites us here together. You might not be swift. You might not be wealthy. You might not be wise. You've got time, friend. You've got time. Never let anybody rush you. 
I, I make it a principle in my life. I, I don't like to be rushed, particularly when making decisions. Hey, hey, back off. I've got time on my side. That's what I've got. Time will tell. And it does. You see, even if you're swift, strong, wise, brilliant, wealthy, learned, you are still at the mercy and the grace of time. Your money can't buy you time. Your wisdom can't buy you time. You've got time. You don't have to look for it. You don't have to try it. Where, where, where's time? Where's time? Have you met those people that always want to know what the time is? What's the time? What's the time? Yeah, yeah, it's one minute since you last asked me. Are we there then? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? It's time, time. It just will get there. Our destiny's in his hands. Be determined to get there, but leave it to him. Every runner in every race has to acknowledge time. The Olympics is all about time. You want to do a PB. You want to do a personal best time. It's all about time. There are some things in life that are out of our control. Have you noticed that our control is limited and life is unpredictable? Time often has a way of interrupting. Time has a way of excluding. Time can ruin a plan, but it can create an option. It can confuse, but it can ignite passion and change the direction and focus of your life. Just give it time. Time and chance belong to us all. So what about chance? You're talking about luck? No. What are you talking about? Time and chance. What's Solomon talking about here? Time, timing, and seasons of life? He says you've got chance as well. Chance, my friend, is all about the providence of God. The providence of God. And the older I get and the more understanding I have of myself and God, I subscribe to his providence. Providence is a reference to the way in which God super supervenes over the events of the universe, both large and small scale. It is a reference. Uh, providence is a reference to the way in which God creates and sustains the natural world and so takes responsibility for the true, the good, and the beautiful. Providence. The providence of God. I just have this picture of a beautiful, you know, I guess that father in that, in that video that we saw, the, the dad that's, that's just waiting and watching in the stands just overseeing, overshadowing. And at the moment that's needed, just steps in, steps in. His providence is there. I believe in the providence of God. I believe, as they say, nothing happens by chance. In fact, everything happens by chance. Everything is subservient to the providence of of God. Everything. You mean God's never taken by surprise by something that happens? No. 
You mean God wasn't aware of you and what's happening? Just sort of suddenly has to come up with some sort of plan B? No. No, not at all. Your God, my God, is a providential God. A God of providence, which means we are people of providence. We are people of time and providence. You're not running the race alone. You know, when I've run those two marathons, you, you, you get to a certain point and you find, you know, at the start, there's 60,000 of you. And after about 10K, there's 30,000. After about 15, 20K, there's 5,000. And, and, and once you get past that halfway, most times you're running on your own. Especially when you're swift like me. You, you, you're just out there at the front of the pack. For those that are interested, I have done a sub four. So anybody? Oh, so a few people know that. Four days. You're not my friend, Richard. Four days. Just, just let me brag for a minute. Three hours, 57. <laughs> Nearly died in doing it, but. But sometime later in the race, it feels like you're on your own. And your legs say, that's enough. <laughs> and then the battle goes on in the mind. And you've got to break through that wall. And life can be like that sometimes. You get through one challenge and another one comes and you get through another and you think, oh God, any more? God says, hey, time and chance. Time and chance. Seasons and providence. Just keep going. Keep going. Keep going. In 1991, and if the band wanted to come, if that's what's happening, in 1991, two events happened for me. Two, what I can say now as I look back, though at the time I didn't say that, I can look back and say they were providential events in my life. In 1991, I was engaged to a beautiful girl from South Africa, and three months off getting married to her, she went and slept with someone else. Not that she was sleeping with me at the time, but, and I kind of felt, can I work with that? And I thought, no, I can't. And so we broke that off. I was devastated, to be honest. Absolutely devastated. I remember sitting in the gutter outside the house that we just purchased, and I put her name on the title deed. And I remember sitting in the gutter thinking, God, what is going on here? This is ridiculous. I, 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 I'm, I'm about to embark on you know, a relationship with a girl of my dreams and what's going on. It's interesting how we question God, isn't it? I pointed the finger at him for sure. A couple of weeks later, I went to work. I was working for Coles up in Brisbane, co-managing a million-dollar store. It was the, one of the top five stores in Australia. It was a wonderful privilege to work with this guy. I won't say his name has been taped, but... And I went to work and I was out the back and at the time, for some unknown reason, he picked up a customer trolley and just threw it at me. Just like, whoa, this trolley flying through the air and I kind of deflected it and he stormed off and I followed after him and he got to his office or our office and slammed the door and I opened it and I said, what, what, you know, Bill, you know, what's going on? What's going on? Get out of the office. He screamed at me and swearing and I went to the door, locked it, sat down. I said, what's going on? That's not normal behavior. 
He said, I went home last night, if you must know, after tennis, and we played tennis together. He remote controlled the garage and driving up. And there's his wife hanging from the roof. Killed herself. I said, Bill, what are you doing here? Go home. Get now, now I know why you've thrown a customer troll at me. Get home, man. He looked at me. Nothing at home. Just an empty house. Might as well be here. I said, there's something wrong, man. There's something wrong here. I said, I'm out of here. I went out, went had a holiday on the Gold Coast. These are the days before mobile phones. Then I went to the phone, you know, and <laughs> phoned up head office in Melbourne. Oh, Jeremy, we've been waiting for you to call. And uh, you've been transferred and demoted. You're going to be the night fill manager at some other store. I said, do you want to hear my side of the story? No, no, no. We've spoken to Bill and you know, Bill was that kind of supervisor that he couldn't come into our store unless we escorted him in. That's how high Bill was ranked in the company. You just don't mess with Bill. So I said, well, okay, I guess that's it then. I'm thinking, okay, I just now don't have a fiancé and a wedding. Now I don't have a job because I'm not going back to being a nightfall manager. I'm not going to go down to that level. I've got a company house and a company car and I'm managing a million-dollar store and now you want me to be a nightfall manager? And I, I just couldn't work it out. And so I went back to the gutter. I said, okay, God, <laughs> what's going on? Time and chance, that's what's going on. Even though I don't understand it, time and chance. So God says, well, will you go to Bible college now? I've been putting off Bible college and maybe I've shared that before with you because of a fear of failure. How could I go to college, fail those exams, Paul, I, I couldn't be a pastor then, couldn't be a preacher then, failing a diploma. <laughs> not talking about a PhD here, you know, fail a diploma because I can't pass the exams. And the first exam I sat, I cheated. It's the only way I knew how to pass. I got caught, thankfully. That was very embarrassing. But I never cheated again and I finished and passed. Time and chance. We are people of destiny. And our destiny is in his hands. Our destiny is him. Be determined to fulfill your potential. No matter what comes against you. Relational breakdown, bankruptcy. Doors not opening for you when you think they should. Just remember time and chance. Even if you are wealthy, wise and speedy. Time and chance belongs to us all. I finish with this thought. I think that what the Bible teaches us is that time and chance work best in a relationship with God. Time and chance work best in a relationship with God. Time and chance are still at work, friend. They're still at work. 
even for the, what, is it, what, what does he say? The good and the bad and the, uh, you know, he opens up with that, Solomon. No matter who we are, the clean, the unclean, the righteous, the unrighteous, time and chance is still at work in your life right now as you sit here. I mean, the theology of that, we could open that up, couldn't we? You're sitting here because of time and chance. There's no other way to explain it. You're here because time and chance is at work whether you acknowledge it or not. You're not here because the seats are comfy. You're not here because I'm preaching today. You're here because of time and chance. Paul and Wendy, just, you didn't just come to hear me. It's time and chance. I, I don't know how. I, I don't know how it all fits together, but it's time and chance. I wish I could hold your hand or put my hand on your shoulder, every one of you, and say, it's time and chance. It's time and chance you're here. It's time and chance that you're here. It's time and chance that you're sitting where you are and next to who you're sitting next to. It's time and chance, time and chance, time and chance. Not chance in luck, but chance as in providence. That's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, Can you acknowledge that today? I pray the Spirit of God speaks to you. Time and chance. It's not about how swift and how wealthy you are. Some of you are incredibly wealthy. Adrian coming out of your ears, mate. But it's time and chance. That's on your side. And that's what we need. That's what we need. I don't want to be left to my wealth alone. I don't want to be left to how swift I am. I don't want to be left to how wise I might be. I want God's time and providence to be evident in my life. That's how I want to run my race. I want to run my race in His time and with His providence. Him, Big Daddy, watching over, knowing what's before me, knowing what's behind, but still believing in me and anointing me and empowering me to fill out and fulfill my destiny, which is in Him and is Him. And it's the same for you. So stop fighting time and chance. Stop fighting it. Stop fighting it. Stop trying to get around it and under it and over it. Stop dismissing His timing and His providence in your life. Let Him be providential with you. Let Him be providential. Let His timing be your stopwatch. Stop fighting it. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let's stand together and pray. Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you this morning for Solomon's wisdom. We thank you for this wisdom literature. We thank you that it can speak to us and help us to reorientate and focus our lives toward you. Toward you. Thanks for listening to this message from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.